Welcome to Hawthorne. Here we are family. Yes, we harvest, we ferment, we gel. We gel. We gel. He's not just a chef, he's a storyteller. The game is trying to guess what the overarching theme of the entire meal is going to be. You won't know till the end. I think it's safe to say that no one, except maybe Tyler, knew what dastardly theme that was going to be. Bon appétit! <clears throat> Hello and welcome to another episode of the Forever Fangirls podcast. I am Sheila Amato and you can find me and my wife on our website at foreverfangirls.com. And I'm Kimberly Amato and you can also find us on Facebook, Instagram and TikTok at Forever Fan Pod. Same handle for three socials where we'll be the most active. We are your hosts and we're glad you can join us. And as you can tell by the snippet of the trailer, we're going to be reviewing the menu. Mostly because my wife wanted to see it. You did too. For very... Very different reasons. Agreed. <laughs> uh, well, we didn't see it in theaters when it was released on November 18th, 2022, but it just came out on HBO Max, so we finally got to see it on our movie date night in. No dinner, though, but dinner was in the movie. <laughs> really? Come on, I thought that was clever. Anyway, our standard spoiler alert is in effect here as we will be talking about specific plot points and themes. So if you have not seen the menu yet, please pause us, stream it, and then come back to listen to our discussion. So as we're recording this, the Golden Globes finished airing and we just wanted to highlight that two actors from the fabulous movie Everything Everywhere All at Once won an award and both were very deserving. Michelle Yeoh, for Best Actress in a Motion Picture, Musical, or Comedy. And, okay, I, I'm sorry, I'm going to mispronounce this. Kei Hui Kwan, who is Best Supporting Actor in Any Motion Picture. Did you also see he had a, a googly eye on his lapel during his yes, acceptance speech? Yes, I did! His acceptance speech, if you have a, a moment to hear it, his and Michelle's are just so powerful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Jamie Lee Curtis, when she like threw her arms up and like, yes, because Michelle won. Yeah, I think Jamie Lee Curtis should have won too, but yeah, that's just... Yeah, it's neither here nor there. Um, yeah, but speaking of the googly eye, I saw that, but I did not see the hot dog fingers though. Yeah, although I believe Michelle mentions in the speech the hot dog lava. Ah, uh, <laughs> yes. Okay, so maybe that counts. Um, anyway, if you have not listened to our review of Everything Everywhere All at Once, we'll link that episode in our show notes page. Um, but in the meantime, let's go from hot dog fingers and googly eyes to the exquisite culinary delights of the menu. So here's a summary from YouTube. Why from YouTube? Why not from like IMDb, Rotten Tomatoes, Instagram? Instagram I don't know because I, I, I thought we could get it from somewhere different. Oh, you wanted to try something new? Yes. Ha <laughs> ha. Yeah. Something new. Yeah. <laughs> that's what I was going for. A little slow on the uptake. Hey. But here is a summary. <clears throat> Margot and Tyler, a young couple, travel to an elite remote coastal island in order to dine at an exclusive restaurant where a mysterious chef has prepared a lavish, expensive menu. But it soon becomes clear that the pretentious, pampered dinner guests are about to be served some shocking surprises. Consumerism takes on a hilariously scary meaning in this dark comedy that features a ton of people. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not going to 
was told okay, literally fine. it has everybody's name here. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, anyway, okay. So Kimberly has a saying every time that you know we watch a horror film. So I deliberately started doing this at a young age to annoy my father. I think I was like 10 when I started. Mm-hmm. It's just every time I see him watching a movie now, it could be like a romance and I say it. <laughs> okay. Because I never knew that, that backstory. Um, what Kimmy says is they all die in the end. Yep. Right? And that is exactly what happens in the theme of the menu for the evening at Hawthorne, right? Chef Slowick's carefully curated masterpiece for that night is that the 21 staff, 21-ish, including Chef plus his mom and the nine diners who paid, by the way, twelve fifty per plate, yeek, very steep, uh, will die. So all 31 wait, of wait, them Wait, 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 so. wait. Did you just, I just realized... They paid for the privilege to die. Yes, they in did. His presence. Yes, they did. Um, now, Margot, Tyler's date, is at the wrong place at the wrong time. She is an escort, and as an outsider, in air quotes, she notices all the odd things at Hawthorne and questions them, and even challenges Chef, right? And Chef feels, uh, towards the middle there, a camaraderie with Margot and picks up on the fact that she is also in the, quote, service industry. Different services, but same premise. And it's finally revealed that Tyler and Chef had been corresponding for like eight months or something, and that Tyler knew in advance that the theme of that evening was death to all. And despite that, Tyler brought Margot anyway because he couldn't miss his one opportunity to finally experience Hawthorne, and they did not take singletons. What a... Mm. Yes. I know you were mumbling it and swallowing it. I mean, if y'all could see... I said y'all. If, if everyone could see... <laughs> My wife's face, she basically looked like Kermit when Kermit like curls his lips up and like starts shaking in anger. Yes, because that was just wrong. Well, anyway, I'm going to I'm going to um, I'm going to put a pin in that because I, I want to ask you a question about that mm. later. OK, so let's dive in and talk about the good and the themes. Mm-hmm. So for me, the food. <laughs> mm. No, there was no bread. Well. Not, you know. Okay, look, I'm, I'm just going there to... There weren't s- any fava beans or good shanti Every time either. something came up for the menu, all I kept thinking of is, I can't eat that, I'm allergic. I can't have that, I can't have that, I can't have that. That's true, the scallops. And you were like, yeah. oh, that looks so lum- mm, yummy. And I'm like, ow. And I, I remember at one point telling you, I just want a burger, fries, chicken fingers, you know, something simple. Mm-hmm. And it comes up later. Yeah. And, and I was just like, Really? But it was about the experience. Well, the beginning part was about the experience. You know, I, as we were watching it, I, I knew that something sinister was going to happen, but it was just like, I, you know, okay. Just just go to the next. (laughs) Um, I was, um, you know, this was released under Fox Searchlight, which is not part of Disney. So I'm like, what isn't part of Disney? Really? Harry Potter. I was going to say Universal, Paramount. For now. now. If only for now. Only Uh, for now. uh, Yes. So um, I'm, it's, it's fascinating that, you know, this is one of the darker sides of Disney. Well, but it's under Fox Searchlight. Yes. So it's, it was like when they had Miramax. I don't know if even Miramax still exists, but you know how they would have like adulter, adulter, adulter. 
<laughs> what am I saying? <laughs> they would have the more uh, mature movies yes. that had higher ratings on different things. And Disney was, you know, Disney. I mean, they even do that now with Hulu and Disney+. Plus. Mm-hmm. Disney+, Plus has a lot of the G-rated PG-13, whereas I believe more of the, the R uh, stuff goes to either HBO or Hulu or something like that. Well, I, it's just... Um I never knew, noticed that when I was a kid, right? And now that I, I'm, I pay more attention to that. I just find it fascinating. Um, I did like how they, even though I couldn't eat anything, that, that they had the menus all superimposed, so you knew like what it was, and yeah, it's, it, it, it was broken up. And it was a great way to break it up because each time a meal came out, there was like a different emotion on the screen and a different thing involved, so it yeah. felt like a perfect. Uh, I don't want to say a screen card, but like but a, it's a script, right? It's it's the whole. Well, yes, but f- for me, from a from a technical standpoint, mm-hmm. it's a good like. I don't know what the word is. Whether it's it's not a screen reader or a placard, but it's it's a good break because you have like Act One to Act Two to Act Three stuff mm-hmm. like that, and you can see okay, here's the menu. What is you can see what the emotion is. It writes on there what to expect, mm-hmm. and that is what you end up seeing in the next section. Yeah. So it was interesting for me to see that line. Yeah. It, to me, it actually paralleled how when we had the the meal at Remy. Oh, that I couldn't eat and got sick. Uh, you were able to eat some of it. <laughs> I got so sick. But the the point is, you know, they were they actually um, allowed us to take the menu from the experience so that we can relive it, right? And even at the end, they actually gave you, uh, or we saw. Uh, Margot, when she was safely away from from Hawthorne, she was eating the cheeseburger, and then she pulled out the menu list, mm-hmm. and then used that as her napkin. But I took the menu list from Remy because I wanted to remember it. We should also clar- uh, clarify, but give some insight. Remy is actually a French style restaurant on, on Disney Cruise Line. Yes. Sorry, yes, um, and it has a lot of. Sauces and a lot of creams and I French cuisine don't yummy. handle any of that very well. Oh, Not so to mention, yummy. it was like a pea soupy ice cream thing. I no, I can never one forget of that because it was just no. Yeah, but um, yeah, you you still. I also for our anniversary or no was it was it your fortieth birthday that I got you the I asked guest services to give you the menu from yes. that cruise because it was your fortieth birthday and we were we took a cruise for your fortieth birthday and I yeah. got you the the menu the for menu that, from, for that night. Uh, animator's palette on the Disney Magic when we went to Europe. Yeah, and they they actually gave it to you, and I'm like, oh wow! Well, I, look at this. That I that was, was an awesome. I experience. was very candid with. I, I needed something special. <laughs> you batted your eyelashes and you got what you wanted. The point is, I understand what you mean by it being an experience, mm-hmm. but I guess if I can go back to my, <laughs> even though we're not in the bad, mm-hmm. I just find that it's almost ostentatious at this point to be an experience can't we just enjoy a meal the experience should be with other people enjoying yes. the meal not everything has to be themed and set up and and it, it's cumbersome well, it's, and irritating to me it's different right it's elevating the experience i, I understand if it's I dinner understand. theater that's one thing mm-hmm. but i'm really not going to lean on a chef and be like Take me through a tour. I really don't care. Give me my cheeseburger. And and I know I'm probably in the minority, but I just find that we are becoming so pretentious in a sense where we expect our meal to take us on a journey. You know what? The meal shouldn't take me on the journey. The people with me is the journey. The experience traveling to these countries and seeing things is the journey. Mm. Sitting at a table on a private island spending 12 50 
is ostentatious and pretentious. So this movie was based on an actual experience by one of the writers. They they went to um, a restaurant off the coast, on an island off the coast of Norway. So what you're saying is that you'll never go? Yeah, that's oh, exactly what I'm saying. come on. I'm so sorry. Mm. It's not going to happen. And <laughs> And to be honest... You know, I was also reading that article you pointed out. And, mm. and one line that sticks out to me, and again, going to the pretension and everything else, mm-hmm. he even says, you're on the island and you're trapped. You feel trapped in the story. Yeah. You feel trapped between, like, uh, I want to say, not layers. Uh, uh, the different courses. Thank you, courses. I don't want that. That's not what I want in a meal. Mm. And I also, if there's this story thing with my allergies, I'm an inconvenience. That's true. So for someone like me, I want to sit and enjoy my meal and I want to enjoy it with people. I don't I don't want to feel trapped into a story that I can't leave. And he literally says, you can't leave. Yeah. And it wouldn't be enjoyable for you because you couldn't eat anything. And then if the chef says no substitutions, then, you know, it's it's a lose-lose then I'm, situation. I am either waterlogged, soda-logged, well, I can't have soda, or I am drunk with wine. mm So I'm probably going to balance out the wine in the water and still be slightly tipsy because I can't eat anything else (laughs) because there was no bread. (laughs) No Uh, bread. No, no bread. So moving a little bit along to some of the themes, the thing that struck me as we were watching this, and I, I mentioned it to you like right after the movie ended, was that it really hit home for me the parallels to like the, the seven deadly sins. Yeah. Right. Um, you know, in, in Catholic theology, these seven vices are what spur other sins and further, quote, immoral behavior. And so, you know, the seven, seven deadly sins are pride, greed, lust, envy, gluttony, wrath, and sloth, right? And, and every single diner in there actually epitomized one of those things, even chef Right. Except yeah. Margot, because she wasn't supposed to be there. She wasn't supposed to be there, but she, you know, in a way, uh, I don't know if it's. But she wasn't the epitome. She like, wasn't. When, when Chef right. talks about everything, everybody was very clear cut. Mm-hmm. Even when he asked the assistant, you know, she's like, I don't know why I'm here. He's like, she's like, I went to this university. He's like, do you have student loans? She's like, no. He's like, you're going to die. Yeah. It's like, no, no empathy, no nothing. Yeah. Because. These people, she's been socking money away from him. So from, from the movie the, star, from the movie so star. So she's right. not, you know. There, there's just so many elements to everybody that everybody fit into a category. But Margot, she seemed to have tidbits of certain categories, but but not, she had a moral code. Still. Yes, she had this integrity about her mm-hmm. that didn't exactly fit in a box at all. She felt more of a well-rounded human being, flawed and. Trying to survive. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas everybody else was kind of set in stone of how either amazing they are or forgive the, um, the, the crassness, but you know, believing their own bull. Mm. Yes. Whereas she was just trying to figure it out. Yeah. And that was where I was like, Oh wow. All of these people. I mean, even Tyler, I know we're still in the good, but I, uh, let me just, let me just hold off on Tyler because I will go on a rant. So let's not go there. Wait, 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 hold up, hold up. Did you just say you're going to go on a rant? Yeah, but I don't, <laughs> I, I don't know if I will be as eloquent as you are on your rants. I can't wait to hear that. Mm. So the fact that 
all of them, all of the diners did epitomize one of the seven deadly sins is, I thought, a really brilliant plot point of the movie. I wonder if it was an, an intentional thing because there's no documentation or interview anywhere where it stipulates that this is. This could just be our interpretation. Mm, could be. And if it is, cool. If it's meant to be there and we picked up on it, awesome. Yeah. It's a very interesting mirror. Yes, absolutely. Okay, so maybe the the seven deadly sins was, wasn't really part of what they were trying to show, but definitely what they were trying to show in this film is how cutthroat the service industry, the food industry is. Yeah. Right? Because, I mean, it, there's that whole scene where the sous chef made a, quote, mess of his life mm-hmm. because he was just trying to, he, he put everything else um, secondary. The only thing that was important was to go after his career and to be as good a chef uh, Slowick, and he wasn't. And it seemed as if he, I don't want to say understand, but couldn't accept that. That's why it, in some things you do need a team because you do not have all of the skills necessary to do, and I'm going you know, to business right now, but I think it, it parallels everything else. In a team, you can draw on everybody's strengths to move forward further than you can ever have gone through by yourself. And understanding what your limitations are, I think, is very important. It's also very difficult. Of course it is. We can achieve a lot of different things. You know, if we put our minds to it, yes, we can. And we can overcome a lot we can in overcome. order to get better. Right. And then you have people like Tyler, who has all of the knowledge. I, I, I don't want to call him a keyboard warrior because it's not, but he's like one of those guys that can Google and he I mean, searches the, and he knows what he's talking yeah, about. The but fact he, that he's like obsessively watching mm-hmm. all of the shows that Chef Slowick had. And then he was commenting to all the sous chefs going, oh, are you using this? Oh, do I taste, I think it was saffron, right? Yeah, or No, something else. But he's like, do I taste, yeah. I taste this. And, and acting like kind he, of like he was, he was going, a chef. Yes. And then when they put him on the spot, he couldn't do it. Of course, because he did not have the experience nor the skill to do it. But it's it's an interesting mirror again, mm. because as a society, a lot of people, we go online, we read or we do, and we assume no matter where we are in life that we can supplant the person who has been educated to do this yeah. or has been doing it for 20 years. And even them, it's like, you got to keep learning because things change and adapt in business, in life, everything, technology, it all changes and it can make your life better or it can hinder you if you don't learn. Yeah. That doesn't mean you have to use what's coming up. Right. But you want to know what you're talking about so you understand why you may or may not use it. Yeah. You want to make educated decisions. And, you know, that's a very good segue into how Margot actually was able to save herself, right? She was able to learn the the secret of Chef Slowick, you know, his passion when he first started cooking, he enjoyed doing that and mm-hmm. he lost it somewhere along the way because of, you know, prestige, the cutthroat n- uh, nature. Trying to make everybody happy. Yeah. Um, Which and, is, hold on, I'm going to interrupt for one mm-hmm. second. Speaking of the wanting to make everybody happy and the pretentiousness, it's also in the service industry mm-hmm. um, or in even like a creative industry. Mm-hmm. It is so difficult because we live and die by what people think. Mm-hmm. So when he said, I, I think he was commenting, you know, all these great, the, the review that the one woman's reviewer, mm-hmm. uh, she, she could destroy a great restaurant with one review. Yep. And that stress 
of needing people to like you. You don't want to, but you have to have people like what you present, what you do to constantly one up what you've done before. It does take the joy out of everything. Yeah. It takes the joy out of of everything you do, everything you see. Like sometimes in my case, if I get a negative review or something, it makes me struggle to write. It's very hard. Oh, I know. I could never write a book. And the fact that you do that, you know, day in and day out is amazing to me. Yeah, I can write you know, a very a very pointed email. I can write you know a very loquacious email too, but I can't come up with characters and story. That's too complicated for me. And even I have a team. I have different versions of editors, not just one. Mm-hmm. Different versions. I have beta readers. I have arc readers. Because why? Because I know I read that story over and over and over again, and my brain fills in the gaps because I know the story. Right. I need people to pick up my flaws, which is usually where a comma is supposed to be, (laughs) and pick up the mistakes that I make where things are missing. Yeah. I think for me, it's when I do all of that work, and I work with this massive team, and I spend a lot of money... And then I get that one person who doesn't like it. It takes the joy out immediately. And it's something that we as creatives and service individuals have to fight because that one person cannot negate all the hundreds of other voices that are positive that keep bringing you joy. Yeah. And it's very hard, right? It's human nature. You don't hear the praises. You hear the the distractors. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, I'm sorry. I, I know there's a long tangent. No, that's fine because it's it's all part and parcel of what we're talking about, right? Margot was able to adapt and learn that everybody around Chef always said, "Yes, Chef, yes, Chef, yes, Chef," and she was the she was the one questioning, you know, why are we doing this? And then when she finally confronted him and said, "You know what? You're crap," which was interesting because. One of the things that he says is everybody praises you. Everybody holds you on high. Everybody thinks you're amazing. And again, that takes the joy out of it because nobody tells you exactly what you're doing. He said, don't just eat, savor. Right. And the thing is, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a delicate balance, right? And I think that Margot actually understood that. And what's interesting is that I think Chef was trying to show her how to get out of it. You know, he was saying... That, um, what was that quote that he had? Freedom must Uh, be demanded by the oppressed. Right. And so, you know, it got her to think and and he sent her on to find that barrel to go to his house so that she could find out. I think, you know, that was his way of... I think he let her out of the room, giving her an opportunity to save herself. How she figured it out or what she did is another story, I think. I think he basically opened, he opened the door for her. Like everybody says, you don't need someone to get you to the promised land. You just need someone to open Open the door. door. Yeah. So that's what he did. And she ran with it. Yes. And I, you know, the, the fact that she is scrappy and that she was able to, you know, put that, put two and two together and then say, I'm still hungry. Make me a cheeseburger. Right. And And then he's cooking it. Yes, it, you you could see the joy coming back, and yeah. he even smiled. <laughs> at through this point, he has not smiled at all. This was the first time that he did, and she even negotiated with him. Right? How much is it going to be? You know, and he was asking, "What do you want?" You know, they mm-hmm. they were having a negotiation, and at the very end, when she actually paid him the ten dollars, it was like, "Okay, we have this agreement." You, you made me a burger. I'm paying for it. You told me to go. I am leaving, right? Yeah. That, that 
it is an agreement that they are keeping. It also felt like she respected him enough exactly. to pay for the meal instead of assuming. Again, when you're good at something in service or creative, sometimes people go, well, why am I paying for it? You should be doing this for free because I can give you exposure. Mm. Remember, critics will sit and eat for free for exposure. Yeah. And then they can and, I mean, <laughs> kill your restaurant, yeah, you know. But- Services for free don't put food on the table. No. So it's, again, it's an excellent mirror. Mm-hmm. She turned around and said, this is excellent. It's the, I think she says it's like one of the best cheeseburgers she's ever yeah. had. Yeah. He then turned around and, and I think realized she doesn't belong here. She's well, done. Well, he realized that at the very beginning. Yeah, but I think he still says the entire time you're going to die. But in the end, I think he realized she never hurt him. Everybody else in that room in some way hurt him. Yeah. But her. Which is why he was like, okay, I'm and going to spare And she in turn, you. for her life, gave him some joy. Yep. So it was, it was an excellent, uh, again, I keep saying this, this whole film is like a freaking mirror. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, the thing that we come back to mm-hmm. is that not all of them die in the end, right? Margot does survive. Mm-hmm. And to boot, it was the escort who survived. Usually in thrillers and horror flicks, right? It's the, it's the virgin who has sex for the first time who dies first. Yeah. Right? Except yeah. Now, now this is like another way the, the film puts like a different twist on accepted canon, yes. which I thought was brilliant. Okay. I think we... <laughs> We I think we lot. really covered all of that. <laughs> a lot of good. Um, so shall we go on to the bed? Okay. Don't be upset with me. Mm-hmm. I think it starts off a little slow, requires more thought and, and introspection. Mm-hmm. And because of that, I think it's like a more of a niche film with a specific audience. I, I like it. I find it a, a very appealing film. But I think because of the film type it is... I think the wider audiences may shy away from it. Well, I mean, yes, it did start off slow, but you have to set everything up. And so I'm agree. I'm okay with that. But yeah, I can I can see how it is. Because I you know, if I wasn't if I didn't like food so much <laughs> I, I'm serious, if I didn't like food so much, I probably would have said, eh, no, not for me. Because I don't like horror or thriller that much. Yeah, you know, the the reason why I see those movies is because you love them. Um, neither here nor there. Okay, look, you know what? I really do feel that I should be entitled to bread, though, if I'm paying <laughs> that amount of money. Especially if it's twelve fifty a head a plate. Yes, I would not spend that amount of money. But see, I would. I would. Oh, honey, I lo- okay. I love you. You would be going by yourself mm, to that restaurant. But they don't take singletons. Take my brother. Uh. My brother Rob loves food. <laughs> you, Rob would be like tasting everything with you. You guys would love it. And I would be sitting with my hot cocoa safely on shore on the opposite side of that little lakey river, whatever's in between of your island. And I'll be safe and you'll feel trapped because of the quote unquote theme experience. Oh my goodness. And then when I don't come home. I will go to that island dressed like Rambo. Uh-huh. Okay. But sexier. <laughs> of course. <laughs> oh my um, God. All right. It, uh, look, to, let's, to let's, be let's frank, bring it back. Here, here's the bad. It ensures I am never going to a specialty restaurant on a remote island, no matter how good the food is. Come Nor am on. I ever going to eat s'mores again. Come on. It ruins s'mores for me. Even uh, though I really don't like s'mores, I can never have them now. Well, I, 
neither do I. I just never really got into them. I don't know why. Yeah, they're, they're too sweet. But I just, after seeing the ending, I can never, ever look at a s'more the same way. Yes, but I like the theme of, and we should have mentioned this in the good, but I like the theme that fire cleanses. So does water. Yeah, but fire just like really kills everything. Yes, but so does water. Water drowns, water obliterates, fire burns, fire obliterates. See, that's why... This the is two, why you're a fire sign, I'm a water sign. I was going to say, that's why we work so well together. But the, the point is, in, indirectly, either one would have worked. Mm. However, they're in a restaurant, they deal with fire, so I think that's why they chose fire. But if you notice, their fire is surrounded by water, mm. because their fire is their passion and the water is everything prohibiting them from expanding beyond what they are. Wow. That's pretty cool, actually. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, nothing to I be sorry about. I should have put that in the good. You, you should have, but that's okay. But f- from a visual standpoint, yes. that's what I got out of it, is that mm-hmm. fire in itself is your energy, your burning, and your passion. And sometimes water douses that out. It, it puts your fire and your passion out. But mm. you also understand that water is cleansing. So if you can't go beyond a certain point, there's water there for a reason. Mm. So, okay, that's not a bad, that's a good, but moving right along. Yeah. Um, I don't think that there's any other bad. There's no other bad can, that, I, that I can think of. So now this is a satire, right? Mm-hmm. A dark a dark satire. So it's not necessarily cute. Um, man's Folly, which was one of the dishes that they had. This is the scene where... They let the men run to try to escape. Oh, and all the men just like, except for Tyler, who's except, like, what are you eating? I know. And then all of the women were actually taken back to the restaurant to have man's folly. And it was actually like really delicious and all of that. And I thought the visual was was just so stunning, right? The men were all being chased while the women were relaxing and eating. Yeah, we have these manly men who are supposed to like stand, you know, the stereotypical Mm -hmm. and they're fleeing and the women are just sitting there chilling and just drinking and saying how wonderful the meal is and enjoying and and understanding. And I I think at one point you say Lillian accepts her fate. Yeah. She said, you know, she, as she grabs the wine, because after all of that, trying to reason with one of the sous chefs, well, the sous chef turns around and goes, it was my idea. Yeah. Which Uh, was surprising. Yes. Because, well, knowing the history of that, where Chef Sloik was trying to sleep with her, and then he treated her badly because she said no, mm-hmm. right? All of that anger. So it's the same for her, right? She was giving her life up, and then she's getting crap for it. So she was like, no, everybody should die because they've put me in this situation, mm-hmm. right? So um, after that, Lillian just says, it, right? Because it's like, all right, it's it's. She she accepted her fate. She's going to die for her part in destroying people's lives. And everybody, if you think about it, and I know we're still talking about the movie, it should tell you why this should be viewed, but everybody seems to blame everybody else but themselves. Yeah. You know, Lillian is to blame for restaurants going under. Mm-hmm. You know, the sous chef blames Slovak mm-hmm. for everything. Tyler is basically, I don't understand why I can't do this. The entitlement blame. Mm-hmm. You know, the three, they're siphoning money out. Yeah. You know, well, it's its innocent and innocuous. The movie star, I'm famous, but he's not. Everybody seems to be blaming everybody else. So it's not my fault the film didn't do well. Right. Well, it's not you my know. fault that you haven't noticed that I'm siphoning money from you and I want to get out. And 
what's interesting about that is that Margot finally says her real name. Mm-hmm. And she even says, not that it matters, you know, but my real name is. So that she is the, she's really the only one who came clean. But she also is the only one who everybody looks upon as if she's less than. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I think we should really start wrapping this up. Okay. Well, one last thing that I found like really apropos mm-hmm. was that Ted was the last one to be caught and he was hiding in the chicken coop. Fitting. Mm-hmm. Absolutely amazing imagery. Yes. <laughs> so I know I didn't do the rant when we did the bad, do you, but... Do you want your two seconds here to do a rant real quick? And go. <sighs> two seconds, really? No, Tyler is... Tyler should be tarred and feathered. He should not have had that opportunity to be there to bring someone else so that he could experience something. I that was just wrong. It's the epitome of entitlement. Yes, it was. I mean, it's just it's you know beyond entitlement. It's just vile. Mm-hmm. It I is. mean, you know, you're going to die. And again, maybe going to the little record scratch there. Mm-hmm. Maybe the fact that we literally as a society are so desensitized that kind of don't see it. It's like someone can look in your face and go, oh, I'm going to kill you. And you know, they're not serious. Right. So there is a, maybe a, a, a minute a chance that he didn't believe it. But even when chef says, no, you know, I said this to you, I told you, you knew I was serious and you still chose to bring someone. If Tyler had any human decency in him, any moral compass, he would have turned around and went, oh, and not shown up. Exactly. And see, I didn't have to rant because you did it for me. Thank you. Because I was just <laughs> so upset at what he did. Yeah. You were, you were so... Because I would when never Chef do said that. that you, the color of your face drained, eyes get like very fixed and jaw clenches. And every aspect of that was there in that sequence. Because it was just... Vile. Yeah. He's not a good human being. But anyway. Okay. So I guess that is our discussion of the menu. Yep. Anyone else hungry? Nope. No? Unless there's chocolate. Not s'mores. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, uh, okay. So then let's do our Forever Fangirls rating. Drum roll, please. We rate the menu four stars. And we agree on this rating. Yay! So I'm going to keep it really short and sweet. Um, it's a thought-provoking film about the current state of indulgence in society. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we need to slow down. We need to find joy in what we're doing. We need to appreciate others around us. And we need to smell the damn roses before they rot right in front of our faces. This should truly be on everyone's watch list. Uh, I will add that, uh, again, I am never eating s'mores again. <laughs> did I mention that again? Yes, you did. And I agree with you. It's, I would, a, it's an explosive decision. Oh, I, I don't like um, s'mores. And, you know, regardless of the fact that there is chocolate in s'mores, it's, it's just not. It's just not my thing. But yeah. it just I'm never, even when it's offered, when we go to our, uh, our friend's house and yeah. she makes them over a fire pit. No, thank you. Yeah. Um, but anyway, the, the movie actually brings me back to my college days where I worked as a server at a restaurant. And it was not easy having to remember which orders go where, having to handle unhappy unhappy customers sometimes, or keeping drinks, drink orders filled. Um, And then at the end, you might not even get a decent tip. 
And sometimes I forget how hard that is. Um, and if that was hard for me as a server, I can't even—I can't imagine how it is for the the chefs, right? Yeah. Actually making the food and having to think about what menu to put together, and then bringing someone like me in who has a lot of allergies, yeah. having to deal with separation and everything else. Exactly. And so the whole thing, you know, the food industry is so subjective, and basically your success depends on someone else telling you that it's exquisite or not. Um, you know, that the wine should go with your food or not. And the menu just highlights that, that dark side of the food industry. However, it also reminds us that sometimes the best way to experience food is to just appreciate not just what you are eating, but also those who are preparing it. It's the experience, not the theme. Mm. I know I keep harping on that, but the journey to the restaurant, enjoying the food. And the company. And the company. That's what makes it when important. Did, when did we make restaurants have to be dinner theater without being dinner theater? Well, sometimes it is fun, but it can go to the extreme. I, I just think as a society, we've got to slow our roll. Mm. But anyway, you have anything else you want to add? No. Okay, so that's going to be our show for today, folks. Uh, thank you so much for joining us. Was there any key points that we should have discussed? Was there any meal that just like jumped out to you that you now want to eat that Sheila's probably going to go run to the store and get me some ice cream because that's kind of what I want? <laughs> but uh, let us know by leaving a voicemail at speakpipe.com forward slash Forever Fangirls podcast or you can contact us on any of our socials at Forever Fan Pod. If you're listening to the podcast on your smartphone, be sure to hit the little subscribe and like button because that way you won't miss an episode and it really, really, truly helps us out. And until next time, stay safe, be kind, and remember, experiences are what makes us happy. But never underestimate the power of an exceptionally made cheeseburger to do the same thing. And never forget to be grateful to the ones who prepare it. 